Hey, what's up? This is Randy with Randy. I'm Randy, and this is a podcast about, well, still no introduction for the coronavirus, still no theme music. I'm going to go rip the theme music from an earlier podcast, throw it on here so it sounds like the original podcast is supposed to sound. Anyway, we don't have Franklin to uh, mimic the theme song, so we got we to gotta work with what we got. And we got Lincoln Mitchell, who is out in San Francisco visiting his mom and also having his well-deserved and earned I told you so moment. So without any further ado, uh, Lincoln Mitchell telling you what he's been telling all of us since 2016. All right, so Lincoln, yes. Lincoln made it to Cali. He yes. did what he had to do. He is downstairs in a unattached, attached s- space with his mom upstairs, and his mom is bringing him food down, and she packed the little mini fridge. No, she doesn't bring food down. She, she, she <laughs> I come up and sit on the outside staircase and then bring food to there, and she sits inside and we yell through the window at each other. Not yell, yell, but we talk through the window at each other. It's unbelievable, this COVID shit. This is how you have to visit your mom in California. I can't believe, how was the flight? Tell, describe the flight to people. You don't have to well, say the so airline usually, if you don't want to. I usually fly on United, but I called United because I wanted to find out what their protocols were, you know, before I bought a ticket. So I asked the obvious question, because I, I heard this was, they were selling middle seats. So I said, do you sell middle seats? And they said, well, yes, but we sell them last. You always sell middle seats last because who the hell wants to sit in the middle, right? Right. That's always the worst seat. Right. So that's not like a new policy. So I said, okay. And I called JetBlue and they said, no, we don't. So I called, I sat on JetBlue. I flew on JetBlue. Okay. No middle seats. Everyone, um, from the moment you got in the airport, everyone had a mask on. From the moment you got um, into the airport? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, until I got until I got into my, you know, I didn't take my mask, you know, until. Masks on properly or like mask holes with their noses hanging out? No. Almost everyone masks on properly. Oh wow! Okay. Um, they get on the they get on the plane. On the plane itself, everyone was like a little more sedate than usual. Like people were, were really only getting up to go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when they did, they kind of quickly and kind of tried to walk through uh, the aisle without as keeping as far away from everyone as possible. The, the the flight attendants were very. They were treating the flight attendants well, but they were firm. Like you know, they said in an announcement, "If you fall asleep with your mask off, we're going to wake you up and tell you to put it back on." If you fall asleep, you why would you fall asleep with your mask off? I don't know. Maybe what? people do that, but they weren't having it. And what about so, drinking on the like, um, like water and stuff, like just to stay hydrated on the? You could, you could take your you could take your mask off to like have a sip of your water or to eat something. But that's crazy because it all it takes is someone to like cough when they eat, and then you're fucked. Yeah, I mean, but there's nothing you can do. I mean, you know, you're just you're just playing the odds here. And then they, I um, guess. And then they, uh, then the only thing is that like the, the the getting on and off the plane, it's impossible not to come close to people. Yeah. You know, and and people were bet. You know, how usually like like everyone tries to get out super fast. People were tr- patient and waiting. Most people, except for the city of behind me, but you know, um, and waiting their turn so the aisles wouldn't get clogged up. And then in the San Francisco airport, I just, I mean, I you know, there, I saw no crowd at all. You know, um, and you just made a beeline uh, for the exit to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I got in a lift, um, and then the driver didn't have a shield, but he had a mask. Okay. So I just asked, so we unrolled all the windows. He unrolled all the windows in the car. Smart. And I drove in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you got to go see your mom, and and it, it it was a good trip. I think you needed to take it. I think you you really did what you had to do, and I commend you. Yeah, for I have to get it. I have to get to San Francisco. For time yeah, time. well, from for sure, dude. Time is of the essence. You know, it's like it's always is. I don't think it's ever really not. 
this just yeah. this just makes it that much more uh you know important but anyway okay so this is the lincoln this let's do the are we ready to do the i told you so up is this the i told you so episode or not yet sadly sadly it is sadly it is i mean i know it's not to gloat let's make it clear it's not to gloat but this is the lincoln mitchell has told you so since 2016 yeah and, and, and and what's what's really frustrating here is how many people just dismiss this out of hand and on the one hand, you know, when you submit an opinion piece to be published in a, in a newspaper or something and they get back to you and say, this is too far-fetched, like on a personal level, it's hurtful, right? Right. When I had an idea for a program I wanted to create at Columbia to look at Democratic rollback, really focusing on this particular issue, and major Democratic funders told me in 2000, early 2018, well, look, we'll just win back the House and, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about it. That was hurtful, but, but like, I can handle Handled being hurt, like you know, professional life is filled with rejection and failure. Right. right? Also, successful. <laughs> My personal life has been filled with rejection and failure. It's okay. Exactly. I get it. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you get some, you get wins and you lose some. But on the larger level, the the inability of the leadership of the progressive movement and the Democratic Party to read the writing on the wall is has a devastating effect. Devastating, because right now we are scrambling about what to do. Right. And you know, I mean. It takes, in a country the size of the United States and as complex as the United States, it takes time to do all these things, right? So, for example, I mean, I keep coming back to this, but, you know, I have written and spoken to you about the need for what I call the three demonstrations that must be, one, massive, two, peaceful, peaceful, and three, enduring, right? These must be prepared to continue into early January. And to be clear, what we're not calling for is, you know, a coup or mob rule or anything like that. We're calling for very something very simple. Free and fair elections, democracy, and count all the fucking votes, right? Right. Those are the three kind of legs of the stool. And, and, and parenthetically, I want to make another point here, which is more about the politics of all this. The Republican Party, you know, led by Trump, has been stealing this election for a while. Right. When we talk about voter suppression, raising questions about the outcome, making problems for the mail, you get the point. Um, that is stealing an election. Let's not put let's not put nicer words on it. And as we are speaking now, you and I, there are ballots in North Carolina cast by older African Americans that are being thrown out, absentee, you know, mail-in ballots because on, on stupid technicalities. That is also known as stealing an election. Now, now there are many problems with stealing an election. Obviously, you shouldn't do it, right? Right. But but one problem is that once you start stealing an election, you forfeit your ability to win legitimately. So when people say to you or to me or to our listener, "Well, what happens if Trump narrowly wins? Are you going to go to the streets then?" The answer is, if Trump narrowly wins, it will be due to election fraud. Look, if Trump wins in a landslide, you know, yeah, he wins in a landslide, he gets to stay president. And going into the playoffs, if the Yankees feel that Luke Voigt isn't good enough and want me to play for debate, you know, I'll do it. But I think both of those options are equally likely right now, right? But if he wins narrowly, he did steal it, and we need to do something about it. But to, but to go back to the demonstrations, to do that, it requires massive amounts of planning, which we're just starting now. And we could have been starting this in February. I think, though, it's difficult. I think the demonstrations are difficult in light of what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, with the George Floyd movement, with the Supreme Court, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. With it, it I think now to, to throw in a Save Our Democracy rally, I think it, it requires all of these people that are fighting similar fights because we all want justice. We all want social justice. Right, we right, all want... Course. 
And that's exactly the point. You have to build that coalition, right? Right, of togetherness, because right now everything is, is really compartmentalized, I feel. And we're just scrambling. Yeah. And I tell you something, right now, I mean, as much as, you know, as, as sad as we all are by the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, trying to stop that confirmation is a waste. It is a done deal. McConnell, we talked about this before, he doesn't start this if he doesn't have the votes. We should, right. if we use confirmation as a way to get votes out for Democratic Senate candidates to raise, you know, thinking of the Senate particularly for obvious reasons, you know, to raise money for people like, I don't know, Cal Cunningham or John Hickenlooper or Jamie Harrison or any one of these candidates who might be able to win and beat a Republican, you know, Sarah Gideon up in Maine. Yeah, that's great. But, and there are others. But this is done. This is going to happen. But well, we so, my, so, so right, but the point is now he's already the cat is completely out of the bag. The horse is completely out of the fucking barn because he's already like right. I'm going to SCOTUS. It's he's already thrown the election. He's already saying SCOTUS is going to have my back when they right. re, when they count all the votes right. and they decide. And, and this is why. Let me just go back for a second because I talked about this when uh, Brett Kavanaugh was nominated to the court because Kavanaugh, you know, there are plenty. I mean, it's always. It's interesting to me to compare Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, neither of whom I like, right? But Gorsuch is, you know, I, I knew someone who knew both of them personally when she was in her early 20s. This is one my age, and they're both my age, these two guys. And she said Gorsuch was like the boyfriend of a friend of hers or something like that in okay. college. And she said he would like, the, the, the bottom line is that he was a gentleman Kavanaugh wasn't, right? And she said she kind of just knew to stay away from Kavanaugh. You know what I mean? Because he looks as but, slimy as he probably is. He looks as right. shady and greasy but, but, and dirtbaggy. But, but Trump needed somebody like that who was personally loyal to him in that court seat. McConnell or George W. Bush or any one of these right-wingers, they want a right-winger because they want to take away a woman's right to choose. They want to limit the rights of LGBT Americans. They want to kneecap organized labor, etc. They want to make sure they can pass their racist laws. Trump wanted somebody who he knew he had so that he would do anything for him personally, and that's Kavanaugh. But and do you think at this point where Trump says, do you think even at this point where he is admittingly acknowledging the fact that, like, he's going to steal the election, that they will still stand... Do they still stand for that? Do they still literally sit on that bench and say, "This we're okay with this? You know... I mean, is there a chance that they're like, okay, this is where we draw the fucking line? You can say all you yes, want... There is. There is. There absolutely is. But hope is not a strategy. Yeah, right? I know. Hope is not a strategy. So what do you do? You try to make that happen. That's what we're doing now, right? We're trying to make it happen because what the court has to know is that they will lose all legitimacy if they side with Trump, as will the Senate, as will the political system. And that hopefully a few people on that court, but even so, even if it gets the 6-3 to three vote or his 5-4 to four vote you know, on the court, it's not going to do what Bush v. Gore did in 2000, which ended the discussion. It's not. This is going to the streets. And if one side is going to the streets, then you have to go too. And he's already on the streets, he being Trump. I mean, his people. Right. They're already harassing voters. They're already doing those things. So this isn't like, like this might happen. This is happening. Trump is not burdened by a tremendous intellect. And, or, and, and, and he has told his plans in advance. We know what he's going to do. So, so, so how does Biden even debate him? How does Biden even show up on Tuesday? Biden needs to walk out and be like, oh, by the way, you said you're stealing the election. You said you want to stack the Supreme Court. You, this is uh, OK. Thank you very much. That should be the first question. And the debate should be over in 10 minutes. Well, I mean, you know, Biden has to the, the 
Does Biden not walk out there and say you're a Russian? I mean, how do you not call it for exactly what it is? Because Biden has to do two things in this debate, Biden and Harris or the Democrats or whatever. One, in this election, one, win the election, and two, make sure that the election is fair enough and that the outcome is respected. Those are not quite the same thing. There are still voters in this election that need to see that Biden's, you know, not a crazy radical, which he isn't. But so he's got a very tough thing, tough task. The problem also is that the the um, the uh, media insists on covering this like it's a normal election. I know. So the question for Trump will be something like, well, you've said you won't accept the outcome. Would you, you know, what do you say about that? They'll say, like, well, I said, we'll see. There's all kinds of problems with the ballots, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll move to some question about, you know, uh, the environment or something, right, or guns. Something important, but not, not stay on that topic, right? Instead of the real question, which is this. You have, you have um, since becoming a candidate, you have worked closely, you've worked with Russia to destroy American democracy, and you're on the cusp of stealing an election. Why should the American people trade a tradition of 200 years of expanding democracy and move towards a more authoritarian model, right? That's a question that, that, that I would like to ask Donald Trump, right? That's a question that's grounded in, you know, reality, but also the gravity of the situation. And the chance of them asking that is zero. So I, I, I am furious that the media, the big story here is not that Biden is holding a 7 to 10 point lead in the polls, right? Right. The story on the polls, I mean, and if you were able to get a, an honest Republican consultant on your show, what he or she would say is that we have no is that is that they have no chance of winning. This election is over. If this is a free and fair election, there is no scenario in which Biden loses. He's winning by that much. But the numbers are that stable, and no one cares what Trump says. Any remember when Trump went on and said, you know, we'll have a big announcement, huge announcement about health care, and then it was something about plasma. Everyone just ignored it because they know he's full of crap. Right. right? So, so why so why by, won't they just ignore this bullshit about him? I mean, him saying, "Oh yeah, we'll see about the election. We'll see about the." Election. McConnell even tweeted this afternoon that uh, the transition of power will go on as it has since, like, I don't know, seventeen ninety two or whatever the fuck it says. Keep in mind the thing about McConnell is that he's a horse's ass, right? So, so what he's going to do—that's an insult to horses, that. by the way. That's true. My apologies to the horse. <laughs> go but, ahead. But he's just, he's going to say that because he knows he doesn't have to put his money where his mouth is, right? Right, because they all lie. So who that. do you believe? Right. So in other words, when the rubber meets the road, he's going to side with Trump, of course, because because it's one thing to like. You see, here's here's again Trump's stupidity, right? It's stupid to say I'm not going to accept the outcome, right? Well, the, the right response to that question is, of course, I will accept the outcome of any free and fair election, and then you just make the case that you won the free and fair election. Democrats committed massive voter fraud, which is a, which is what he's going to do anyway. Right. But by saying you won't accept the outcome, he makes it easier. So you force McConnell to make that tweet on November fifth. McConnell will be saying, "Listen, you know how I believe free and fair elections are important. I made that statement once on Twitter, right? But look, there were just too many problems here, and we can't ignore them. That's that's what McConnell's going to say in um, you know a few days. Um, so what are the arrows I mean, in Nancy Pelosi's quiver? So listen, I need to know, like, what is she doing? You, I know you're a big Nancy Pelosi, you know, supporter. I just need to know, like, what the fuck is she doing and, and when the fuck is it going to happen? Because I hope she's doing something well, well, behind the Pelosi scenes. To, I think Nancy Pelosi has to do a few things here, right? And I think she is doing them. One, make sure that the Democratic Party expands its lead in the House of Representatives, okay? So because there will be some decisions that will come to Congress on January 1st. Right. That that will come to the new Congress. 
it is almost certain that the Democrats will hold on to that their majority, but let's make it a bigger majority so we have more votes, right? Two, support the efforts of organizers to, I mean, start funneling big, um, you know, call the major heavyweight donors and tell them to get behind this cause, right? We made a joke years ago at the cafe when we used to be able to go to cafes about enforcement, yeah. right? But but it's still true, right? So she's got to lend her institutional way to that this is the direction we have to go. That matters. That would make a big difference also. Legislatively, she doesn't. I mean, I think continuing to have as many of these hearings as possible just to document this, right? I mean, right. You know, so you think they should impeach Trump again no, to slow no, the process down? No, 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 no. I think what they should do is like when they bring a LaJoy up for the House, right? And Katie Porter and these others just interrogate him. There's a lot of people with whom they should be doing that. Let's get this guy, Chad Wolf, on the floor of the House of Representatives, oh. right? The guy whose wife got $16 million or $6 billion in contracts or whatever the ridiculous amount of money was? Right. So, I mean, but, but, but right now, I mean, look, the, 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 the hearing for the Senate has nothing to do with the House of Representatives, right? True. The electoral, uh, you, you know, the, the, the election here is a little bit out of her hands. There's not much the House can do, right? Um, I, would say, I would say one thing I'm sure she's already done is have 10 bills ready to go, right? She needs to line up the House behind... I mean, I've been saying this, you know, a lot lately in my Mitchell Minute, but have the democracy reform plan has to be ready to go. You know, if Biden takes office, they need to be, you know, he goes to the inaugural ball when he's done. There's got to be, when he gets up, you know, when uh, when he wakes up the next morning in the, in the White House to do his, his I'm going to use the, the calisthenics, that's probably the yeah. word he uses, you know, <laughs> to do his morning calisthenics. The ageist the definition House. of working out. Right, right, exactly. Like my grandfather used to do calisthenics. Every yeah. Day. When he gets up in the morning to do his calisthenics. The, While drinking a glass of brandy and listening to classical music on a transistor radio. My grandfather did not drink brandy and he tended to listen to it. And it was news, it was, it was uh, news and then yelling at whatever right-wing Republican was on the radio at that time. Um, but, but while he's doing his calisthenics, some White House aide has to come up to him and say, listen, uh, this just came from the House of Representatives and the Senate, and you need to sign it. And it's got to be 10 laws, you know, that say, moving ahead with D.C. statehood. We're moving ahead with Puerto Rico statehood. We're expanding the court. The Senate on its own needs to get rid of the filibuster. And if Chuck Schumer doesn't have, can't get 51 votes to do that, if we win back the Senate, then he should resign from his... I'm really, I've had it. I'm sorry, but I've had it with Chuck Schumer. I can't look at the guy standing no, behind sure. a podium for one more second. I mean, I mean, the last four years have been defined by Mitch McConnell outmaneuvering Chuck Schumer. The only good thing that Chuck Schumer has done, and he gets a passing grade on this, is he got Hickenlooper out of that presidential race in time to run in Colorado, got Bullock out of that presidential race in time to run in Montana, and if he had gotten Abrams to run in Georgia and Beto O'Rourke or Julian Castro to run in Texas, you know, it would be, be in a different world. But I don't, I don't blame uh, Schumer for being unable to close those deals. But yeah, so, so all you know, Congress, this is... You know, I think the congressional leadership and the Democratic Party leadership can work with the kind of activists to begin to figure out how to frame this, right? How do how do you what language are we using to discuss this? What is the message that we're getting? That's the kind of stuff that we that we need to really begin to focus on that I don't see us doing, you know, enough of. I just don't. I, I think that what what scares people and like what scares like look, I sit at the kitchen table with my mom and I'm sitting across from a boomer, like a legitimate boomer who's saying. 
oh, Trump's going to win. He's got it in the bag. Nancy Pelosi, what is she doing? You don't see her doing anything. If Chuck Schumer keeps saying the same thing every single time. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is out there holding his death cult rallies, and he's out there, you know, making everybody mad, and he's, his people are in the street, and they're doing all this stuff, and we're doing nothing. So nothing is going to happen. And I'm like, well, what, what, what my answer to that is, no, we're gonna, we are going to do something, and we're doing something, and hopefully we're doing something behind the scenes that nobody can see. And I think that, that my mom is not li- unlike a lot of other boomery people, and that may be a horrible generalization and a horrible stereotype and a horrible label, but I, see, I watch her watching Maddow, I watch her watching the news, and it's the same, and she just keeps saying... It's the same thing over and over again. Trump keeps getting his matches across. Joe Biden is doing nothing. Where's Joe Biden? Why isn't Joe Biden holding rallies? Why isn't Joe Biden out? I said, because Joe Biden can't be out during a pandemic. Because Joe Biden gives a shit about people. And he cares about the virus. And he's not holding death cult rallies. And this is, I don't know how else to, I don't know how else to explain it. I think think your mom is half right and half wrong, right? I'm hoping she's Um, all fucking wrong. No, but where she's wrong is that Biden's this election. Right. I mean, you know, these, this poll, he's winning by much, by significantly more than Hillary Clinton was winning at this point. He's winning the key states, but by more than what Hillary Clinton is winning at this point. And, and in addition to the kind of the horse race numbers, you know, when you're talking about a guy like Donald Trump being president for a while, right? This is my San Francisco bike, by the way. Okay. Um, when you're talking to a guy like Donald Trump, about a guy like Donald Trump, because I just want to see if the pump is around, who's been president for a while, the issue is... The other number to look at is his approval rating, right? And he is consistently about 10 points underwater, right? Most polls on average show about 44% of Americans, God knows why, approving of him, right? Right. And 55% disapproving. You cannot get reelected with those numbers. But right? why, are, why are people still approving of the way he handles the economy when 872,000 people, new people, just filed for unemployment benefits. Like, what are the what are these people thinking that he's doing with the fucking economy? Like, what are they looking at? Uh-oh. Lincoln, we lost you. Hold on, you gotta get out of the pump room. We lost your connection. You're, like, in the basement... Hold on. ...of, of the... <laughs> Let's let's pause while Lincoln continues to look for the bicycle pump so we can get to see Zed. And while we have no, a poor connection. I feel like we should be playing some th- some type of like music while we're waiting. Do 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 that's Jeopardy, not appropriate. No, it's okay. Alright, you can keep talking. I think we can hear you. We just might not be able to see you. Well they can't see you anyway. Where where your mother's wrong. Is that, I mean, is that, so, so, you know, Biden's going to win. Where your mother's right is that I don't think they have it really, I don't think they have it fully planned out with regards to what they're going to do. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see. They can't see you, but the most important part is hearing you. Go ahead. Right. You know, they haven't fully planned out what they're going to do. But I think, Lincoln, for a lot of people, it is a visual, it is a visual cue that you constantly see somebody out doing something and you're like why am i not seeing visibly seeing anything from the other side i think that makes a big difference because my mom would rather watch you know bar rescue on like you know the tlc channel instead of watching the same thing on loop over and over again because it is literally just trump at another death cult rally in an airport hangar right but but, you know every time trump does one of his death cult rallies it helps the democrats I hope right. so. I, mean, I, I, I believe that. 
Trump is so. I'm going to just put you here for a second you because can... I got to. <laughs> Trump is so wildly unpopular, right? Yeah. Trump is so wildly unpopular that every time he does something, it helps. So, so you know, to some extent, Biden's in this weird quandary where doing. Can you see me? Yeah, I don't need to see you. I just need to hear you. Biden is in this weird quandary where doing nothing is kind of the best strategy, but it's very frustrating. Nobody. Right, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, where your mother's right, unfortunately, is that, hold on, where your mother's right, unfortunately. As you pump up the tires for your bike ride across San Francisco. Where your mother's right is that they doesn't seem to have a plan for what they're going to do in the bigger picture, right? What they're really going to do when, when Trump refuses to leave, Right. Right, I and begins to need to is beginning to need to address that more. And how do they do? Do they just? I mean, you can't just say the Secret Service is going to come in and like pull Trump out by his feet. No, because that's not how the world works. That's what they were selling to me back. In, oh, don't worry. And I actually heard a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle on a political roundtable I have to do on a podcast. And I remember hearing her a couple of years ago, and she said they'll pull. You know, the, when. The, the military, he doesn't control them. They'll take him out, blah, blah, blah. And then she came back on a couple weeks ago. And I remember swearing under my breath when I heard her say that. I was up on the hill. And then a couple weeks ago, I was back up on the hill with um, with my ferocious wolf, Isis. Yeah. And uh, and I had and, and she came on the same show and she apologized. She said, you know, I was wrong. I underestimated this threat. I, think it's, I don't think you'll leave if you lose it. So the question is, how does, how does he get out? How do, if if and when Biden wins and he refuses to leave, and there's not one GOP shithole with a, with anything left resembling a spine, how does he? Does Mitch McConnell go over and like knock on the door and be like, "Listen, Don, we gotta go. You lost. No. It's over. We gotta leave." No, that's not gonna happen. Not, certainly not at first. Certainly not at first. Absolutely not at first. So what happens at first? At first, he stays in. He says, I won. There are, he sends out his, his thugs onto the street, both the, both the kind of uniformed and ununiformed thugs. And, uh, and he insists that he won. That's what happens at first. Okay. And then what? Hold on. Then I, then I, do, the, then I do the back tire. All right. Well, the back tires, both fully inflated tires are a necessity and important for a ride. We don't want you to catch a flat halfway over the bridge. Do you have to cross the bridge or no? No, the bridge goes out of San Francisco to Marin. Oh, okay. Or to Oakland, depending on which bridge. I'm just going over to Golden Gate Park. Oh, nice. Yeah. You see, I'm not wearing a mask, but I'm on the street alone. And okay. Go back well, you're also in a garage. It looks like you're in a garage situation. Yeah, I'm just right in front of the car. My John is getting his car out of the garage now. Hold on. All right. If you got to move, you got to move. It's okay. No, no. I just thought I'm just going to take my bike inside. See you later, John. So what's this? What's the second? Bye, John. What's the second? Uh, second. This is a great. I love it. I love life happening as as the podcast happens. It's so good. I wish people could actually see it. One day we'll have to do one on like Zoom or something so people could actually watch how this happens. Because you're literally standing there, like blowing up your bike tires in your garage while you're podcasting and talking to the neighbor. It's blowing up like what you with the balloon. Inflating, inflating. Sorry. Blowing up your tires. I'm using a pump. You are using a pump, and you're getting a little bit of a workout. So uh, I appreciate you continuing uh, the conversation while you're exerting extra energy to, to inflate 
your bicycle tires. So wait, what's the second? What? So then, okay. So what happens next? Let's just play this out because I'm really curious. Okay, so at the stroke of you know 10:30 on Eastern Time on election night, Donald Trump declares victory. He right? he'll declare victory. Okay. Fox News starts projecting him four more years reelected. Bullshit, bullshit, right? Because it'll be a continuation. He said it'll be a continuation because he wants to throw right. out all the ballots. Go the ahead. Non, the, the news media, rather than the propaganda media, begins saying. You know, the election results are not in indeed 12 states. The absentee votes are now being counted. They're trending towards Biden. Please, you know, we don't. Within, so that's 1030 Tuesday night. Right. By 9 o'clock Wednesday morning, all of the Republicans that matter are saying, count, you know, Trump won. The Democrats are still losers. They're, they need time to, don't give them time to cheat and steal the election, right? Within, somewhere by noon on that Wednesday, but perhaps early, perhaps significantly earlier, the key places and key states where votes are being counted. So the Democratic counties and places in the Midwest, like Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania, as well as, of course, Florida, all the other key states, the physical places where those votes are being counted are now surrounded by armed, thuggy guys, like oh. the kind you saw threatening Gretchen Whitmer in the state of Michigan. Terrifying. Around, around the, shut, the shutdown around COVID. That's, the, that's where we are at noon, right? So okay. Now, we, those who want, who want democracy, small d democracy, have a couple of options. Do we just let these authoritarian thugs run the country? Well, that's not really my preferred option. Do we meet, meet force with force? No, that does not go well. That will not end well for anybody, including us. So right. I don't want to do that. What, are, what is our remaining option? Our remaining option is to show that it is not, that it is not, that Donald Trump isn't America, that in fact it's, it's America versus Donald Trump, right? And okay, I can rock with that. And how do we do that? Well, we've got we got to do our own shows with force, not physical force, but numbers, right? So you want that 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 your mother or my mother turns on the television, you know, or, the, or goes on the internet and sees a sea of people that look like America. Going not, where though? Going where and doing what? Going okay, where? So, so you're in front of the polling place in Wayne or Genesee County in Michigan, which are two huge Democratic counties there, right? Okay. And on the one side, you see thuggy guys in MAGA hats and Confederate flags saying, you know, Democrats are sore losers, four more years, MAGA bullshit, bullshit. And on the other side, you see a di diversity that reflects America with signs that say, America demands democracy. Count the votes. Count the ballots. All of that. So you begin to frame a message, right? Okay. And then now... The, you know, 40, excuse me, the 60th percent of Americans who don't like Trump, right? And the 55% of Americans who voted against Trump on the election, which will just happen, right? Including third-party votes. Now we're saying, you know what? It's, we're not going to just allow this to happen. And you built, and you have a movement that is going to dig in for months until Trump concedes. That's what you do. And what does he do? Like, what if it takes, can he, can he literally be like, I'm going to wait a year to concede. I'm going to wait two years to concede. Like, at what point do you just, Mike, no. why do you just go in and get him the fuck out? Well, that's what you'd like to do. But the question is, there are, there are, of course, legal structures, right? So, for example, on December 14th, which is Ruben's birthday. Okay, the, happy um, birthday. Electoral college. The election, right? So what do they do, right? Do they say... You know, you know, the state of Michigan again sends two, sends two. You know, the the, the they have competing delegations, right? There's all these, there's all these places along the way where democracy could win out, right? But if it, it doesn't win out, then it's just going to get 
then, then you have to go to the next place. Ultimately, if the Electoral College, if Trump manages to steal the Electoral College, right, because he gets, you know, his delegates from, but, but the most likely outcome there is that, you know, there's no clear Electoral College outcome because there's no clear Electoral College because both sides send, you know, their people and they fight over it. Right. That, that happens. So then you go to January 1st when the Congress has to certify the election results. There's all these checkpoints built in. But they're checkpoints that also make, at every step of the way, make it easier for Trump to, to steal it, but also easier to stop him. So we have to fight at each of these checkpoints. But at each of these checkpoints, we need a political strategy, a legal strategy, and a mobilization strategy. Well, I hope people, I hope people hear you. I hope you keep tweeting it. I hope you keep preaching it. I hope you keep publishing it. I hope you keep Mitchell minuting it because... I don't, I, I mean, I'll do whatever I can do, and I know you'll do whatever you can do, and people will do what they can, in all in the midst of this pandemic, which we're stuck in. So it's how many people are going to go out? How many people are willing to take that risk to go into a crowd? How many people are going to be able to travel if they need to travel? How many people yeah, are, right. I mean, that even comes down to voting. I mean, in person, by mail. What do you, I mean, a lot of people are like, screw it, I'm going to stand online for 27 hours if that's what it takes, because that's right. the only way it's going to count. So I, mean, I just I mean, hope that... Clear, like, this is no longer just stuff Lincoln is thinking about, right? This is stuff that people are beginning to work on, but we're behind because we were in denial about it for so long. Well, I think you need to be on a, a number of those committees of the people working on it, because I think that more than just sitting on this podcast saying, I told you so, which you right. inevitably earned the absolute right to do, I, I wish that... I, I really wish there was... I mean, I wish you'd find like find a place on somewhere in some committee on some I don't know in someone's campaign or somebody something and you know let these people know I think you have such an important voice and I, I know people well, are hearing I'm, it but I'm trying to but I want people to know that there are, there are things beginning people are beginning to work on this and there are opportunities and as when you hear more get involved it is important to get involved with the election particularly if you live in a swing state but it is also important to get involved with this and I would one last thing even if you don't live in a swing state, you live in LA, California or New York or somewhere like that, we still need to be out on the streets in New York, in Los Angeles, in Oakland, in San Francisco. Listen, I've been phone banking my ass off. I try to do everything that I can from where I'm at so that I feel like in some small way I'm, I'm part of the solution and not part of the fucking problem. Yeah, I think we all need to. But I'm saying we will need to go to the streets everywhere, not just in the swing states, because we need to show that America is rejecting this stuff. All right, well, I'm in the streets with you if you need me to be, and I got plenty of cardboard to, uh, to make my signs. And I'm, I'm telling you, Lincoln, I think, you know, you've been saying it from the jump, and I think that it's scary, but I don't know. It sounds a little more hopeful, maybe. I don't know. We have to be hopeful here because otherwise we concede, and we don't want to do that. Yeah, there's no concession, especially now with Ruth, with Ruth Bader Ginsburg's path. You don't give up. I mean, I think it sucks the air out of everything, this whole Breonna Taylor verdict, the whole— yeah. You know, the way things are being handled now, the second wave coming. I mean, the best part of my day was I've listened to Fauci tell off uh, Paul uh, Rant, like Senator Rant, like 50,000 times. I just play that on loop because I just the way that he factually just shuts him down and like puts him back in the corner is worth every minute that you listen to it to instill the fact that like there are people not willing to give up the fight and shut these motherfuckers up that are putting out misinformation. On the other hand, when you see that clip, you say to yourself, is Rand Paul just oh, Rand an idiot? Oh, Rand Paul. Paul Rand. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Rand Paul just an idiot? Or is he deliberately lying because that's what his constituency wants? In which case, when he talks about the you know, group, group immunity, that is complete nonsense. 
Complete and coming from a, and coming from a doctor. I mean, granted, he's an look. Everybody's like an ophthalmologist. It's a great doctor. They do great things for people. But he's an ophthalmologist, and he's sitting there going against one of the top disease specialists, like on the fucking planet, with his herd immunity bullshit. I mean, and also, you know, the thing about being a doctor is it makes you, you know, you know a lot about medicine. You don't know a lot about it. I mean, I mean, you know. But he's the same doctor yeah. that walked around and continued to work out at the gym. Not wearing a mask right. and not giving a fuck. So what kind of doctor, what, what kind of oath hypocrite fuck are you? Right, right. I mean, the last person I want to hear from is Rand Paul. And I was thinking about Paul Ryan because he's just as much of a dick. And I, I was thinking Paul Ryan versus Rand Paul. And they're almost interchangeable yeah, they're, in, the, in their assholiness, but. Yeah, Rand Paul is, is, is something, he's a weird dude. He's evil. He's evil. He's as evil as McConnell. He's as evil as Lindsey Graham. They're all as slimy. Lindsey Graham is on Fox News begging for money. Jamie Harrison financially is out fundraising him. I just hope this guy, I hope, I hope, I hope that that Lindsey Graham gets what's coming to him 50-fold. 50-fold. Yeah, who knows about that? Yeah, I mean, if if they lose that sentence in South Carolina, that's, you know. That's a big fucking deal. My fear is that they win both Georgia seats and both South Carolina seats by a small margin. That's my fear. All right. Well, don't be fearful. Go ride your bike. Go say hi to your friend. Tell your mom we said hi. All right. And uh, be safe out there. And uh, you're nowhere near the fires, right? No. No, I'm in San Francisco. Yeah, that's south. I still don't understand the layout of that humongous state. I need to do a little geography lesson. And... Oh, you're near Franklin. Yeah, you should go. See... You're near Franklin, I think. Oh, no, she's in L.A. That's not close. Never mind. Yeah. I, I give up. I give up with California. Clearly, I suck it. All things geographically and all things scientifically, and I'm just gonna stick to. Uh, I don't even know what I know anymore, but I know that uh, you you told everybody so. So that's the title of the podcast, Lincoln Mitchell's. I sadly, Lincoln Mitchell's. I told you so moment, and hopefully, uh, we won't have. I mean, you deserve all the I told you so moments. I don't want to say hopefully we won't have any more, but I don't want. I, this is not what I want. I mean, it was I know. inevitable. It was never. with this, it was never going to go another way. This was never going to end with Joe Biden or any other Democrats peacefully putting their hand on the Bible on January 20th. And that was obvious by February of 2017. And you could just say, I told you so. I told you so. That's it. All right, Lincoln, be safe over there. I'll talk to you later. Tell Zed we said what's up. All right, bye. All right, there you have it. Lincoln Mitchell's I told you so moment, sadly, which he deserved and earned and called correctly. And so we'll just end it on that note. Listen, wash your hands, wear a mask, check on your people, join us on the jam every night, 8 o'clock. Check out Lincoln. Oh, before we go into the jam, fam. Check out Lincoln at LincolnMitchell.com where you can catch up. They're doing another um, baseball talk uh, about say say it isn't something infectious. I don't remember the title. I clearly have memory problems right now. I don't even know what fucking day it is. Uh... I think it's Thursday still. Um, so yeah, LincolnMitchell.com. Follow him on the Instagram at Lincoln A. Mitchell. Follow him on the Twitter at Lincoln Mitchell. Uh, join the Jam Fam every night, 8 o'clock uh, at Doodleheads on the Instagram. Uh, somewhere I'm on the Twitter. I think it Heads Ghost, H-E-D-Z-G-H-O-S-T, because every other account I've had has been suspended by Twitter, and clearly Twitter gives zero fucks about reading any of the appeals and reinstating any accounts. And honestly, like when you have like 10 followers, I'm sure they give you even less of a fuck. So you can find me at my latest Twitter burner account, Heads Ghost. 
uh, Doodleheads on the Instagram. Come hang with the Jam Fam. Um, and, uh, yeah, do what you got to do. Register to vote. Make sure you're registered. Then register 50,000 of your closest friends and family. Uh, and do what you got to do. Protect democracy. Fight for what's right. And now I sound like the fucking Beastie Boys. And uh, I'm not them. And apparently I live on a drag racing strip now. So <laughs> we're going to just wrap it. And uh, that's that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Until the next time, peace and hair grease.